This is Tony Bins and Homer Simpson, and you're listening to the XX Comedy Podcast. Yay! Now you can see where your favorite comics are performing and search for upcoming special shows at yuckyucks.com. Be sure to visit us at www.yuckyucks.com. Twitter. Twitter. And follow us on Twitter using hashtag YYCP. What's going on, my little yuckamaniacs? This is the Yucky Comedy Podcast. I am Jay Kirsch, your host, and thank you for joining us. We've got a great episode lined up for you today. Before we jump into that, before we tear into that, it has been a fantastic week. Uh, hang on, I'm just adjusting the volume here so I don't blow your eardrums off. Um, it's Yeah, it was a fantastic week last week. It seemed like it, it, it dragged on forever. This was a lot of buildup, a lot of... Uh, a lot of anxiousness, a lot of nerves, a lot of people uh, hooting and hollering. And uh, the big man, the big cheese, the big boss, the big uh, El Capitan, I don't know. Um, uh, Mr. Mark Breslin was in town, folks. Yay! That's right. Mr. Mark Breslin came to Calgary doing a little showcase action. For you uh, people that are not in the biz, okay, like us people, if you're not in the biz, man, uh, in the biz, we call it showcasing. All right. Actually, I didn't even know what that was up until about a year ago. Uh, I hear comics all the time. They're like, yeah, I was showcasing for something. I was just like, what does that mean exactly? Do they like bring you out and kind of turn you around like a, like a sex slave or something? They just kind of spin you in a circle and they check the back legs and the, the teeth and the gums, make sure you're healthy. They showcase you. Is that what they do? They sell you. Anyway. Uh, showcasing is when, uh, you, it's kind of like an audition, so to speak. You, you, you go up, you, you kind of do your best, your best material and you, uh, you show them what you got, whoever it is, whether it be a festival or whether it be an agent or, or, you know, network executive to the stars, who knows kids. Uh, but anyway, Mark Breslin, the founder of Yuck Yucks, uh, was in town and, and he was here showcasing and, and, uh, I know that there are a lot of young comics out there that were chomping at the bit to, uh, to, you know, make it on certain showcases and, uh, and so on and so forth. But it, it's, it's always a very difficult thing when, um, there's so many people and so little spots and so little time. I mean, you know, I, Mark, uh, tries to make his uh, his runs out here, but you know, obviously, with so many clubs across the country, it is difficult to visit all of them and to uh, you know constantly be looking and signing new talent. And but hey, that's what his job is, uh, and and uh, and he's obviously very very good at it because we've got a roster full of very talented people, and it's always great to see people come out and put on their best uh, show, their best material, their best bits. Uh, I loved it. We had some very very uh, all everybody did amazing. Everybody did absolutely killer at this showcase. I was very proud of everybody. And, uh, you know, I mean, there's even some people that didn't make it on that I, you know, of course would have loved to have seen as well, but, uh, the ones that were there did a fantastic job and they represented Calgary very well. And, uh, I was very, very proud, uh, to hear of, uh, two of the comics, uh, uh, getting a rose from Mr. Br- <laughs> okay. They didn't get a rose. You know what I'm saying? They got signed and, uh, I won't make the announcement here because I think they want to make the announcement on social media and so forth. But, uh, yes, very, very proud. And, um, Hey, there's, you know, all, all I can do is, is, is just, you know, put your name in, right. Just try to, shove you towards the front of the line, get noticed. 
That's all I can do. Uh, if it was up to me, kids, I'd sign everybody. I'd sign every last one of you. I'd sign your parents too, just for just for, for having you. And just in case you know you were to pass away, the your fortune that you make in the comedy business would go to them and uh, not me. Uh, I'm joking. I'm joking. No, it was a great week. Uh, of course, uh, Scott Robertson, big shout out to Scott, uh, the GM at the uh, Calgary club, uh, packed the place. I don't know what he did. I don't know what type of sexual favors he was giving out, but he packed the place. And uh, it, that matters so much to comedians. It's unbelievable how important that is to have a packed room so that there's lots of laughs, lots of energy, and you're not just performing for your peers. That kind of sucks. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's uh, it, it was a great show, and, and it was wonderful seeing Mr. Brother. And you know what? All of comedy royalty comes out. You know, when Mark's in town, I mean, when Mark's here visiting, all of comedy royalty shows up and it's great to see these people together and, and hanging out and sitting together and talking and, and shaking hands. And it's just one big family. Uh, James Moore, Comedy Monday Night, uh, came over and uh, spent some time hanging out and, and talking. It's always wonderful to see James. Uh, Harry Dupe, I haven't had the pleasure of meeting, but uh, I do know the face. He was there uh, coming over to say hi to Mark. And, and uh, you know, it, it's it's just such a great community to see everybody get along and, and everybody, uh, uh, you know, hang out together. And, and that's that. That's what I love about comedy. That's what I love about this this crazy this crazy world. Um, hey, uh, so the world hasn't fallen apart yet on the Trump thing, and uh, I'm actually tweeting with Derek Sweet right now about we're, we're just every day we're like a couple of old seniors. We just we tweet back and forth, or, or sorry, we message back and forth, and we're like, this country used to be wonderful, damn it, but yeah, now we're just old curmudgeons. And anyway, now uh, stay on the lookout. You might hear a little something from myself and uh, Derek Sweet, maybe a little podcast action. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's going to be conspiracy theory. We're going to be the new Alex Joneses. Obama is trying to kill you. Yeah, that's Alex Jones for you, folks. My great impression. Anyway, today's show, folks, Anthony Malekas. That's right, Anthony Malekas, the funniest freaking guy. Uh, just one of the most funniest, funniest people I saw out in Toronto. He was uh, showcasing. Uh, there we go. I used that word. Uh, he was showcasing in Toronto while I was there uh, visiting, and he kicked ass. And another thing, his beard kicked ass, too. He's just got this big mountaineering Irish spring-looking beard, and by God, it was a turn on. Uh, I got to see him perform dynamite. We got to sit down and hang out and bullshit. And it was one hell of a conversation. Let's go talk to him right now. My man, Anthony Malekas. Okay. Good God. Well, we're finally in the hotel room now. We've, uh, we've made it inside. Uh, I'm sitting down with uh, Anthony Malekas. Hello. How are you, sir? I'm great, man. How are you? Good. I, I, I feel like we bonded now that we got through that hotel door thing. I know. What a nice doorman security <laughs> guard to come up and show us how to use a room key. Yeah, and he kind of gave us like the whole like the look of like, yeah, you know, fuck, thanks, man, for making me come up the 10 yeah. fucking stories just to swipe the card that you two fucking chimps couldn't get done properly. I thought it was a haunted room at first. I thought he was going to pull out an old skeleton key and just turn the lock and then go, well... Have a good night, guys, and walk away like, I'll be seeing oh. one of you tomorrow. <laughs> oh, shit, dude. That's hilarious. All right, man. So I'm, I'm in Toronto. We are, uh, we're broadcasting here at the, the Renaissance Hotel overlooking the beautiful downtown Toronto. Um, 
but uh, point being is that I saw you uh, do a showcase on uh, what have been Tuesday night, Wednesday, Wednesday night, Wednesday yeah. night, yeah. and. Uh, Man, one of my favorites oh, off the entire man. showcase, man. It thank was dynamite. I was writing notes furiously on there, just uh, going, man, we got to bring this guy out west. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. yeah so so let's start back at the beginning, man. Like, where are you from? Where, like, uh, Born and raised in Hamilton, um, which is just about uh, 40 minutes outside of Toronto. Okay. And uh, yeah, started doing stand-up uh, just over five years ago. Right. And had the bug for a while before that, but just didn't really know how to get into it or, or yeah. what to do. And was always kind of writing stuff down. And then one day, um, actually a guy I used to work with signed me up for an open mic without right. telling me and was like, Hey, I signed you up. Cause I, he knew I wanted to do it, but I needed kind of that push. Right, and right. Uh, he was like, so I'm coming to see you and be funny. And all no way. And so, yeah. And from like day one, it was like the second I was done the first set, I was like, this is, this is what I want to do. I just had to figure out how to do it how, properly. How, how old were you when that when that all happened? That would have been about I would have been twenty four, just 24? about twenty five. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So I know. Yeah. Did you have a lot of people show up for the first one, or are you just like, fuck it, I'm going to go? No, do no. This I had a, I had a couple of buddies, um, and that was it. I didn't tell my family. I didn't tell. I, I told friends afterwards, and uh, and that was fun because they were like, oh yeah, like like yeah, I could see that. Yeah, they're yeah, like, yeah. yeah, I could see that. Like yeah, that's yeah. you know that's. But it's weird because now when they come and see me, it's like, oh, you're not. That really the, like you're kind of the same or like i i've seen you in life like i don't need to I, that's my go-to and be like oh can i come to a show i'm like oh, you know who i am there's no, yeah. there's no need to make this a there's weird no thing mystery here you just, you just watch me from a table but uh yeah it was kind of like right away that i got into it and um i've been doing it ever since it's uh that's amazing yeah it's man. been awesome I've, so like growing up though like were you kind of like the class clown guy were you sp- like more the written word funny guy like what like did you have that background were i you, was Performer? It's, I was a little bit of both, but uh, I actually cried in front of my whole school when I was 12 years old. <laughs> my speech got picked. We had like public speaking, uh, right. like, write a speech. And mine was on um, how much of a burden it is to go shopping at the mall with your mom. <laughs> and I was like, this is going to be gold. <laughs> and uh, I had all these like, I guess at the time they were jokes. I, at the time I was just writing what I thought was funny, but like right. little like... Uh, just sort of points throughout that I thought would be would be fun and people would have fun with. And I read it in front of my class, and it went fine because I knew all those people. Sure. And then uh, you know a few days later, my teacher was like, oh, we've picked you to speak in front of the whole school. And I had like a month to prepare. And uh, I got we got we did like a practice run with a couple of other classes, and I made it through, but like just barely. Like right. I raced through the speech, almost started to cry. Right. And I, in my head, I was like, "That's fine. Like you made it through <laughs> with these strangers. You'll be fine at the day of." And then I just remember sitting there the day of, and it was like my. It was we all sat in the front row, and I was next to go up. Right. And I just started shaking, <laughs> and I don't even know how I made it to the podium, but I got no up, way. and I got I, afterwards. My best friend was like, "You won't." Almost made it through, and I got maybe three <laughs> lines. <laughs> he was so supportive. He's like, "Oh yeah, you, you got Dude, the word natural." <laughs> That's um, crazy. But yeah, man. so I started to cry, and then a teacher had to come up and usher me off the stage. No I was way. crying so much I didn't know how to get how to segue how to off of that. Of, yeah, that was my signal for help. Just crying, <laughs> and then she took me to the bathroom, and I was like, "I'm done with school. This is it. I'm, I'm completely done." So I then peaked. I didn't go on stage or do anything in front of people that weren't my friends for like man at least four or five years after that and I, I was, was gonna say like afraid. that's that's a huge contrast obviously yeah. from being so comfortable now I mean you're obviously a very confident performer now yeah 
yeah it, uh, i owe a lot of that to um once i like mid high school i started to do uh, a little bit of theater and stuff because there's no outlets when you're right. in high school. like you can you can find more now but at the sure. time it was kind of like you're doing the school play or nothing yeah, yeah. and i had a really really great um drama teacher and she uh she kind of forced me to just always do stuff right and naturally the stuff i did i wanted it to be funny again right. at the time not thinking like oh this is going to be you know i'm going to do it stand up wise one sure. day or I mean I just enjoyed being funny and I enjoyed performing and then um but her push to kind of get me into things and kind of keep me always sort of working towards being on stage and being in front of people right. that helped just sort of eliminate the fear altogether yeah. and then from that point on it, it's just been like I feel the most it's so odd because I feel the most comfortable when I'm on stage yeah. out of any setting and to go from literally being crying out of my mind <laughs> to being able to feel so comfortable i like i think that in of itself i'm like oh i'm i'm, I'm happy that i was able to do that because sure. i know some people that would have that experience when they were 12 and just be like that's it i'm done i think there's some people out there man that are just like absolutely like they say uh, i don't know what that stat is they said like uh people's worst fear is like i think his first is death and then second is like public speaking or yeah. something or, or yeah oh yeah that's crazy. Yeah, like, and it, and that's it. And it always was leading up to that point. But again, it just, I think, just sticking with it. And I think that was for me. It was the, it was it didn't. It wasn't like it just went away. The fear. It was right. more so realizing that I really liked performing and I really right. liked making people laugh. Right. Especially that that just naturally took over. Yeah. The any sort of inclination that it's like, oh, I, I should be afraid of this. And I mean, right. obviously, still now, like. You know, if I'm doing an important show or a showcase sure. or something, there's going to be like a little bit of nerves. But Absolutely, it's just sort of turning that into more energy and just sort of being like, let's take that and right. kind of block that out as a negative and turn it into like, yeah, you know, go up there and, and do something. Funny. Yeah, like, yeah, just you know, yeah, idiot, just go up there and be funny. Like, it seems <laughs> like it's it seems like I'm I'm not curing anything. Just go be funny. No, but I think that speaks to something though, man, because it's uh, it, it, some people have that ability to go up there and and, and it, it's uh, it, it's it's definitely a talent it's a gift to be able to to turn that because i've seen people go up and just be like oh fuck this is a different you know what i mean or or even like when they get like i've seen those moments where people are like in the middle of something that's not working and all of a sudden they're just like i this isn't this isn't like i've, I've had those experiences a couple times looking at some of they're just like fuck what do i do oh yeah or whatever but it if you have that confidence, if you have that presence, and I think that you know, there's a few performers that I've seen that have had that. You remind me a bit of uh, Todd Ness out out in the West, who's oh. uh, he, he's fantastic. Guy. You guys even look very similar, but you guys both have that kind of confidence. Damn where you, Todd, Todd Ness, <laughs> you piece of garbage. <laughs> he's uh, yeah, man. It's just it's 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 funny in 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 that sense where you've got that presence where even if something doesn't go well, you're able to segue into something and feel just as confident as you did there's no there's no room for crying and getting ushered off stage yeah i think a lot of that has to do um and i appreciate that thank mm -hmm. you that means a lot to me because it, it um originally like a lot of my comedy was influenced by improv and right. i enjoy that and i've enjoyed trying to find ways to not improvise on stage but i guess in a way kind of at least in the sense of like riffing on stage right. but being able to kind of as as seamlessly as possible include that into my actual act where it right. doesn't feel like i'm switching on and off a switch where it's like oh this is his act sure and this is him just sort of riffing so right. that that part i've worked hard on because i do have the most fun when i'm able to just kind of roll and and just see have fun with it what happens and yeah right. and when i'm picking jokes for something like a showcase i try to pick bits where i know 
that even though they're polished and even though I've done them, you know, a thousand times, they still have that element of that natural sort of right because again i have the most fun doing that yeah i think that also allows me in a longer set if something doesn't go well to just be honest and yeah. joke my way yeah, yeah, yeah out of that not going well we've all been there with with sets where something hasn't gone the way right you wanted right. it to or you're rushing a bit thinking that it's ready but uh but yeah that's a big that that keeps me enjoying being on stage yeah and uh, i think if i just sort of wrote 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 and obviously there's an element of writing to what we all do, but if sure. I just did that and just stuck to that, I feel like over time I'm not, I don't think I'm a good enough writer necessarily to be like, okay, I can always be satisfied with writing and performing. I need right. to have that element of almost that little bit of, you know, I'm not sure what's going to happen tonight, yeah. but I'm just going to go out there and do it and I'm going to hope that, that it's... It probably gonna, keeps you sharp though. Exactly. Yeah. And I yeah. think it does. Yeah. yeah. yeah in a lot yeah, of ways. Yeah. 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 And that's, and I, and some, some bits that I do now that are, are like fully formed came out of not necessarily just off the top of my head, but going up, I, I, I used to write all the time right. off stage, you know, book, pen, coffee shop, like sit down. I was going to ask, so yeah, like, is that, is that something that you have to be disciplined about or is it, has that transferred now into more of the observational where you see, or you experience something funny and you just like write it down quickly or do you have to set aside time to actually do that? I try to do both. Right. And I guess the, the, the latter, the, the just sort of seeing things and, and commenting, you can't force that it just if that happens it happens right um but i still try to sit down um semi-regularly like you know a couple times a week sure and just jot notes or, or go back my favorite thing to do is going back and looking at bits that i wrote down some bits are like you know two three years old right that i either just gave up on or i thought like they've you know that's it there's no more life left in that bit sure and i've gotten some of my best material out of going back now that i'm more seasoned and that i have my voice a lot stronger now than right. i did you know two or three years ago and then forming that written bit into right. something that's even better because i always uh, maybe this is me just being sort of like hopeful but i always feel like there's a funny idea in everything i've written down right, right. i just maybe didn't have the skills to draw that i was gonna out say well. that's an interesting uh perspective on it. i never thought of that that it's almost like writing uh before you're ready to perform it yeah and then you look back as now as a seasoned performer and you're like oh i can totally do something with that now exactly because i've got the ability to do it on stage yeah and i think that's a that again another thing that it sounds self it's another thing that I keeps me enjoying doing this. Yeah. That that's an element of it where you're just not giving up on stuff or, right. or, or putting it away and going, That's it, I'm never gonna do that again. It's it's trusting that what you wrote down was funny. Right. You just like you say, you couldn't have said it better. You just weren't ready yet to right. maybe draw it out to sure. the point where it's actually able to be used consistently yeah. on stage and, and yeah, I love that part. But writing from the stage is something I've done a lot more in the last year, year and a half. And right. that, I think, has really kind of opened me up to a lot more where I just I, I won't necessarily go up with, you know, I'll, I'll go up with an idea as right. opposed to knowing mapped out where it's going to go. And I'll just kind of trust that, um, you know, I can bring it to a place where people are going to laugh at the end of it. Yeah, yeah. And I think I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with myself enough to know that if it doesn't work out, that's OK, too. Right. And I'm not going to shelf it like I would have two or three years ago and go, I'm not going to look at that again. Yeah, yeah. Then I just add that element in of, you know, I've tried it on stage. Now I'll actually sit down and pen it out and see if there's something there. And then I'll right. try it on stage again. And it's it's that being your own boss and trying to sort of yeah. motivate yourself to work towards crafting that, you know, solid seven and then right. 15 and then 30 and then. There, yeah. And, and, there, and there is a process to that entire thing. I mean, I've, I've talked to a lot of comedians where. You know, like there's some there's a kind of a formula of like an old school thought of like you get your five or you get your ten and you work it to death and then you 
slowly start working your way up the ranks or whatever. Uh, is there a model in your mind, like when you first started comedy? Did you did you say to yourself, like, I can see, like, you know, because I mean, obviously, this is a line of work where, let's be honest, a lot of people, stuff like you know, mortgage payments and car payments is, is a scary fucking thing because people are like, this is, I don't know every time where my money's coming from next. Yeah, is that something that you can factored when you when you thought of it? I mean, were your parents supportive of all this? When and I got it, oh yeah, everyone's been super supportive. Um, but when I got into it, I was dating my wife. And now we're married and we own a home. No way. So I know exactly what you're talking <laughs> about. And I've kept a day job and I'm I'm proud of it. I don't include it in my act at all. Right, but right. Like, I, I'm the sort of person where I'm I'm safe to a point where I want to know that if everything comes crumbling down, I don't want to ruin her life right. as well. If it was just me, it's like, yeah, sure, I'll just get a job as a guy who carries skeleton keys around in a hotel and let people into the room. I don't care. It's a great line of work, I'm sure. But spooky. But um, I feel like it's uh, it's the sort of thing where you have to be sort of willing to accept that. And, I mean, I'm really lucky. Like, m- my wife's super supportive, and she uh, she was in it, like I said, from day one. So right. she's known all along. And it's not always easy um, as I'm sure it isn't with anyone who's sure. in a relationship that does has a partner that does something that you right. know, involves risk and you know right. time on the road and, and whatever else. But uh, but she gets it. And I think every year or so when I as I start to kind of get a little bit more or do a little bit more, we kind of experience it together and we both understand each other's sort of fears about it. But we yeah. also both sort of see the positiveness in it. And, right. and we also we communicate really well. So there's never like this fear of me. You know, she knows when I'm doing shows, and right. it's not like I'm asking permission. But yeah, yeah. at the same time, she's my wife. Like we're gonna, we we're in it sort of together. It's a, it, um, but it, yeah. we also have our life separate from from, from the comedy this world as a job. But it's right. I mean, obviously, it's more than a job. But yeah, in that yeah, yeah. Sense. But yeah, you're right. It, it's something that you have to you have to sort of be aware of. But I think if you have that support um, right off the bat, it's great. And I had it right off the bat, always from her, but from my family. I think it got stronger as I started to get a little bit like when i got you know when i got booked on something or when i you know whatever the case sure. may be when you start to see a, a little bit of the fruits of uh, of your labor um i think that's when those outside of your immediate family maybe start to go hey this is right. sort of something good or, or that's awesome or now yeah, yeah, we're yeah. sort of seeing where it's not just a it's not a just a hobby or, a, or yeah, a yeah hobby or something right. that he enjoys doing i mean obviously he enjoys doing it but sure. yeah i think that uh, but that's a big part of it that i don't think people necessarily think about when they Under, go into yeah. it and, yeah, and yeah, maybe yeah. people on the outside that aren't involved in in any sort of like art maybe they don't think about it at all but right right yeah it's because uh, it's it's uh, it's an interesting line because i find that there is some artists out there that just have that uh and i use the word liberal but not in a not in a political sense but more of just kind of like uh you know like an artsy type of a, like there's people in the entertainment business that are very artsy where it's like and i know i suffer from this a lot where i'm like uh i think about the moment I think about the show, I don't think about like, what am I doing that is allowing me this opportunity uh, uh, financially? I always think, yeah, it's all going to work out in the end. Like, it's all going to, you know what I mean? I'll I'll have time to save for later. I'll do this and do that. But in actuality, like, to be good at comedy and then to be aware of the business side of it as well is is a very interesting thing. And to have somebody in your life that that you say is very supportive of you and, and understands that, is there a part of you that feels like there's an inevitability that you're eventually going to have to go to a larger market, to like to L.A. or, or New York or something like that? Things start taking off for you? Yeah, I, that's something, I mean, that's something that we've, like directly talked about right uh, kelly and i we um you know she's fully aware of that and i think that's the thing we've always done things in our relationship and sort of 
increments, no matter what it is, even if it's even if it's jobs, if it's school, whatever the case may be. Right. So we've talked and she knows that, you know, ideally in the next two years, I will at least be spending parts of a year in a bigger market. Right. And whether or not that's, you know, a month on, a month off type idea or a month and then four months later going back or whatever the case may be. But she's on board for that. And I think. I think that's a lot easier that she knows that now. And again, that might never happen, but at least she's aware that that's the path that that I'm hoping goes towards. And obviously that'd be ideal for for both of us. But but also that that she's not, it's not just sort of sprung on her. And I don't mean her just for her. I mean, like, I think that's the case for almost anyone in that situation. I don't think anyone likes when, you know, (laughs) huge life changes show up and it's like, well, it's happening in a week. I mean, in a lot of ways, I guess that can kind of, force you to just go well, okay <laughs> i guess that's this is happening now. yeah 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 My husband's a skeleton key man in a hotel <laughs> um but i also think that it's nice at least from our point of view um, right and i can't speak for anyone else but for us we like to know things sort of in advance right and, uh but again living in the moment though is the number one thing and uh yeah. and even though you know i think about this these bigger ideas or, or grandiose ideas i also uh never um forget to just appreciate right you know those five or seven minutes when i step on stage because you that's the thing it, it sounds really cliche but you don't know you know what could happen right. in a month like yeah. or a week like it's just and i think that's what drives me so much to sort of stick with this that i've always been the sort of person that uh i've just never really bought into kind of the structure of like you know you do this this plus this is going to equal this in life right right because it, it you know, if you really look at everything, it, it rarely works out it that never, way. Yeah. If not ev- ever. Yeah, exactly. Never yeah. works out that way. And people justify the way it works out once it's once it's worked out. Once go, it's well, done. there it worked out. <laughs> but for me, I, I just I, I just sort of look at it as because we don't have that mapped out and no one can. Right. Let's just do something you enjoy. And if you can find someone in your life that enjoys that you enjoy that. And well, and I think that that leads back. I mean, that's off, often a, a big topic of conversation on this podcast is, is that especially in the, in the form of, of, of the entertainment business and, and especially in comedy is that there's I find it fascinating that there's like uh, like we went and, and checked out a couple other shows and stuff like that. And afterwards, you're hanging out with people. And you see these groups of people that are all in different levels of their career. And there's some people that have been in the comedy for two years, and there's some people that are sitting there that have been doing it for fucking 20. And the guy at four or five years could have something happen for him huge that the guy at 20 years hasn't had yet, or maybe had that opportunity, but it just didn't work out. And there's a lot of, it's an interesting thing, uh, and, and I don't always classify it as like a jealous thing, but I think it's just something in our DNA that's kind of like, you've kind of gotten this opportunity before me and it's some weird thing of like you're taking this from me in some weird way like it's it's a very interesting thing have you found the calgary or sorry the 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 toronto community here i mean because this has pretty much been your home base i mean being a a hamilton guy and 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 stuff like that um have you found that community i mean it seems like you guys have a strong community here have people always been supportive and and encouraging for me they always have been and hamilton's actually really it's funny because as i started in hamilton almost progressively with like three or four other guys that started around the same time the scene in hamilton has taken off to the point where i can get up in hamilton pretty much four or five nights a week no and do a lot more time than i could coming into toronto wow um but no everyone's always been uh super supportive no matter who i've i've worked with and uh i think that's more 
of them hopefully it's more of them as a person then I, I get exactly what you're saying about sort of people who look at back on it on uh, on someone getting something else and maybe think right. like why wasn't it you know my time but uh the people i've been lucky enough to associate with whether it's in hamilton or toronto have always been people that i think get the bigger picture of you know some people get an opportunity some people luck out some people don't right. you're not wrong to want to do it right or to try to to head towards a, a goal and achieve it but at the same time, you can't if, if that doesn't work, you can't sit there and go, oh, that was taken from me. Right. Because there's such a huge element of luck involved in all of this. Yeah. And I think that goes right back to saying about like the whole A plus B doesn't always o equal C. You know, it could be A to D or it could be completely backwards or or whatever. Nothing always falls in line the way that it should be. And I think a lot of people when they when they get into the business, they think, OK, well, this how many years in I should be getting this and this many years but that's the that's the that's the beauty of comedy I think is that's like the rawness of it is that you could be in this business for 10 years and you can still fucking suck oh yeah a and people I mean you'll still get booked but yep. it's just you, nothing will ever happen for you no and I think that that in and of itself that sort of idea of being in it for a long period of time and yeah sucking I think that that element relies on the person performing right because you have to be willing to take a look at what you what you're doing or your voice and either evolve that voice or grow i think that's the part that gets people bogged down it's when they don't necessarily i'm not saying like necessarily evolve their voice right but if you don't grow as a performer or yeah. grow in terms of your subject matter your material you're going to stay stag. You're going to right. become stagnant, and then you're going to stay there, and then you're going to look around, going, "Well, I was doing the same thing right. that got me to this point, but now everyone else is going right. by me, and, exactly. and it's their their fault, not mine." Right, right. And that to me is the thing that I, because I love performing, I love writing. I'm hoping that that never happens to me because I love. That's the part that I love right. almost more than anything else. And not to say that those other people don't, but I think that that's that's the nature of of any sort of performing but especially comedy i mean you, it is your voice so if your if your voice gets stale yeah that's your ticket and no one's going to want to hear that like you right. like you watch any you know comedy special or especially someone who has multiple specials chances are they're not the same performer you've seen growth from special 1 to 2 to 3 to 4 right and of course you love them because you know you you fell in love with them on their first special right but that doesn't take away from the fact that they kept working to right. be able to do four specials and conversely i'm sure you, there's lots of comedians that we know that have done multiple specials where the voice their voice didn't change right and when you right. look at their older stuff you go that that's crap that, yeah what happened to the guy who right you know put out his first you know yeah. cd and that was awesome <laughs> and that's why i think that you know that can kind of creep into your life where you you think you've maybe solved it or figured it out right and then before before you know it you haven't and then by the time you realize it <laughs> it's been 10 years and you're going oh man i really oh shit <laughs> reassess what the hell i've been doing um but yeah but it's but i think that's the thing you have to set your own goals but the whole idea of like looking at other people passing you by and going oh man that guy's getting something and i'm not mm -hmm. and to, to think for a second that it's that person's fault or someone right. else's fault right but, and I, I use the word fault very loosely because no one that's the whole point right. no one is to blame right you are in control of as much as you can control sure. and the the smallest part that you can't control that luck part is the most important part right and if you don't luck out and get you know i've i've gone on plenty of shows just by showing up right and being like oh i'm here to watch someone and it was like oh someone's off the show do you want to do it and that's evolved into something else so which is like, a weird actual fantasy of of, of i always go back this weird fantasy of like sitting in a booth watching a show and then 
I have this reoccurring fantasy where the GM comes over and they're like, hey, man, our headliner got hit by a car. We need you, pal. We need you to step in, right? And I'm like, holy fuck, I'm ready to do this. Let's go. And I've got like five fucking minutes, and I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, but, yeah, but next no, time I, I see you, I'm going to pay a stranger to walk up to your booth and say that to you. <laughs> just sit there with my girlfriend like, fuck, oh, they need God. me, babe. i got to go up. But they're like, you don't have it. dead. We cared for a little bit, but now it's important that the show keep going. So, man in booth, will you go up on stage? And do the rest of oh, I've had this. Yeah, that's a great. It's it's a, such a great thing. I've sat there and I've been like, uh, oh dear God, John Dealer has been killed in a car accident. <laughs> I got to go up there and fucking step up, and oh. I've got five minutes maybe. But uh, but no, it's yeah, it's funny you bring that up. But but uh, but no, like back. But uh, yeah, actually, you know, let me let me change gears here because I know we've been talking about the industry, so to speak, the inner workings of it and and stuff like that. But um, as. as where do you want to go as far as uh, what would be ideal for you and 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 w- what's your take kind of on the on on the comedy landscape of uh, Canada is that is it a country where you think like I want to go straight across and just keep you know I want to get on some tours and start going west is it is it I want to develop more and and go to the states like what's the what's the end goal I think the norm is uh the develop more and and go to the states I think mm-hmm. that's you know you ask most people that's what it's going to be right. um your first question is a really good one. I like that question a lot, which is, what do I see from it? Honestly, sure. if I, I want to like live off of comedy, right. I don't want to, you know, be famous off of comedy. I want to have sustain a if, good. If life. I could sustain myself through comedy and writing, or some sort of combination of both of those things, I um I would do that in a heartbeat. I always said to people starting out, and I don't, I just said this guy thought it'd be a cool job, but now that I've been doing it more and more, I kind of feel like I actually want this. But I've always said if I could write for a show or a person or whatever, right, and get by doing that and still do stand up and never get to a level in stand up where it's like, oh my god, everyone knows who this guy is. Sure, that's that would be so much fun for me. That would You're be, okay I would with it? Absolutely love that. Yeah. Um, so anything else that comes. Beyond that, right. um, you know, I still have to obviously get to that point, but anything that comes beyond that would be absolutely amazing. But uh, no, I think, I mean, you start with, there, there's, I hate when people, I'm not a lot of people do this, but there's zero uh, reason to like disrespect the idea of like going across Canada or sticking sure. in Canada. I think if you work hard enough, um, you know, you can achieve though the goals I just set out or more so right. staying in Canada. But it does also take sort of that other side of the the coin that we don't control really as performers, which is you know producers, directors, right. people in the entertainment industry. Right. It takes them also stepping up for that little bit of a risk to sort of say, hey, we've got a lot of talent in Canada, so we don't have to necessarily bring in draw all these from American the shows or, or exactly yeah. or American talent. We can you know run our own shows right. and run them outside of the bubble that a lot of networks in this country sort of tend to stick within, right. which is sort of a, the same pattern the, of or yeah. type of show. Right. Um, and again, nothing, to, not trying to take Yeah, no, and I don't think anybody shits on it, but I think it's, it's, it's kind of a fact. I mean, like if you look at certain shows, like, you know, I'll look at it, just take, and I've got friends at CBC and stuff like that, and I'm not shitting on them, but at the same time, it's like, I'll watch certain shows and I'm like, okay, that's, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. You know, I can, I can get behind it. Uh, and then the show will end. It'll kind of off of a 10-year fucking run. And then it's all the same people sp- 
spread out into other shows. Yeah. So it's like a recycling of the same characters. Exactly. At some point. And I'm just like, we've got so much talent. And that's what that's what kills me the most about about, you know, just being new to this business and, and looking around and meeting, you know, so many talented people. But looking across the country and going like, man, there's so many opportunities. And you know, it's a I mean, it's a it's a burgeoning I mean industry. I mean it, it's blooming all over the country. I mean we're shooting TVs and movies and stuff like that over here and it's it feels a little bit like people get scraps as opposed to getting the stakes that yeah. they get thrown out of. And I feel like people who step up and ask for the stakes or just sort of say like, hey, I'm good enough that I deserve this. Right. Those are guys who I've seen get knocked back down. Right, right. Be like, no, 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 how dare you? Yeah, yeah. You, you entitled bastard. Something, or yeah, get out of here. Yeah. yeah get out of here <laughs> but, uh, that, but you're absolutely right. And that's, I think, that's where that other element from the industry side comes in. And, uh, and I mean, you take a network, you know, just reading on on you know comedy in general over the years like you look at like comedy central in the states when it started right like it was it was like floundering and then south park came along i know that's a cartoon show yeah but that evolved into a number of other shows right where they were kind of fearless and sort of handing the keys over to yeah. producers and writers and comedians and performers right. and going let's see what you can do and right. if it doesn't work out they were willing to sort of eat that and i think that might be the difference i don't know if right. the risk is necessarily worth the reward for that industry in canada at sure. least at this point right because you, as you stated and you're absolutely right you see those same sort of five or yeah. six people yeah. branch off into five or six new shows right. that all and no fault of their own chances are all end up floundering out as well right, right but then it just sort of resets that pattern again as opposed to sort of going let's take a risk and let's start small with you know a group of three or four writers that right. that have come with an idea that's unique and let's yeah. see if anything you know comes from that but at the same time i think the, the market for it needs to be there as well and uh I, I, it goes back to again you look at tv in, in canada it's not that different than right. than what you're getting in the states so if people yeah. have been inundated with u.s shows you know, they're not necessarily going to tune in and go, oh, I want to watch this Canadian show. Right. Because I've, you know, I've seen that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though it might be completely different. Right. There still might be that element of like, well, you know, it's 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 something I, I know and I know I don't like it. So I'm not right. going to give it my time. And that's not necessarily fair because there might be those people taking those chances and we're just not aware. We're of not. Yeah. Them. We're missing out on exactly. some pretty funny shit or yeah, something. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting, man. Um, what's up next for you? And, and I mean, I know obviously, uh, you know, you're 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 based I mean, here and, and, and things are happening here for you. Uh, and, and I mean, do you, do you enjoy doing the festival route? Do you enjoy? I mean, I know you just showcase for for some of the festivals. Have is that stuff that you've done before? Have you done lots of festivals before? Are you? No, I've done. Uh, this is my third showcase, and I got booked uh, as a feature act, uh, like um, a feature act, an opening act on JFL Forty Two. Nice. Uh, two years ago, but no, I I mean that's my that really is my next goal. Like yeah. it's it's you know one of the festivals I'm hoping that. Uh, at some point I can, you know, get lucky enough slash good enough to be booked on. But, uh, but yeah, that's kind of the next immediate goal, but right. you know, you can't like last night it's, or, or Tuesday or Wednesday rather, it's one show out of a year of shows. Yeah. So I can't sit there and go, Oh, I got to think about how that night went and focus only on that because you're not going to even hear about that for another six months. Right. Right. So, and if I did then, and I didn't get on, then I, the, those six months would be away. So for me, it's one of those things where like the other night, you know, I did it. 
I felt it went really well, but it's it's gone. Like it's out now. It's out the window. I right. can't. There's do no control over it anymore. To control it, so it's really just you know keep going, keep getting on as many shows, keep writing, yeah. keep sort of um, connecting with with people that you know I like to work with on a variety of projects. It doesn't have to be necessarily stand up based. It can sure. be sort of anything that involves you know writing and performing and comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, it's, that's that's the fun of it that uh, that I never would have thought about even even doing that stuff when I got into comedy, I never right. thought about getting into comedy when I got into comedy, but now that, you know, I've opened sort of other doors for myself through the standup, I, uh, I really see what the industry has to offer. And yeah. there are a bunch of pockets that I'd like to yeah. experience beyond just, you know, doing sort of shows all the time, which I obviously love doing, but there's, right. uh, there is a lot in there once you, you get involved, but you do have to get involved yeah, and, yeah. uh, and kind of be there with, like you said before, those groups of people that yeah. are supportive and are, uh, are I guess on the same sort of path, but maybe at a different point, but at least the same path. Yeah, that you're on. absolutely, absolutely. Where can people find you? Where can people connect with you? Uh, AnthonyMalekis.com. Perfect. So that's uh, M-L-E-K-U-Z. I always get excited when comedians have a website, and there, there, there's so many people where I'm after the podcast. I'm like, do we need to sit down and talk about a website for you? Like, it's yeah. great that you've got that. <laughs> yep, you've I got, got it. it. Um, I've got a delicious recipes section on there. Do you? Yep. So you can. What check is that out. all about? Oh, it's just. They're just little recipes that come I've come on now. Over the years. Like I have a, a little check it out. <laughs> <laughs> check it out. Uh, I've also got a section called the weather, uh, where you can send me your email and I'll send you what the weather is somewhere in the world. Uh, because as far as I'm concerned, it's only the Weather Network and the Weather Channel that are currently providing people with their weather. So I am the third highest ranking weather, weather guy. Guy. I I on I, the planet. I connected with a guy out in um, oh shit Halifax uh, Sydney. Uh, Frankie, his name is. Uh, have you seen him? He does oh, the video. The guy who does the videos with the hurricanes. Yeah, oh, yeah. I forgot about that guy. I'm I, the I, fourth highest weather guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just following this guy, and then I started having him on my podcast doing the weather as like a segment. That's awesome. And uh, and then I went out to to Sydney, and I actually met him, and we sat down, and That's and uh, awesome. yeah, it was great. He was just kind of like talking, and I was, and I I for some reason think that we've connected on some level, so I started going deep, and then he just like. Okay, thanks. I just got up and walked away. Like, oh. no goodbye. No, it was just like, okay, we just left. And what I was just exit. like, yeah. I was like, well, fuck, only a star could do that. <laughs> I'm feeling like an asshole here. Uh, okay, so you got the website. Yep. Twitter, uh, Facebook. Twitter, you're on everything. On everything, yeah. Again, awesome. all Anthony Malakis. And uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty uh, pretty social on those things. So yeah, yeah. Check it out. I uh, I enjoy the platforms. Yeah. As they Interacting say. with the fans. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are too humble, man. Hey, thanks for doing this, man. Oh, thank you so much for having me, buddy. This that was awesome. great. That was great. All right, folks. And there you have it. Anthony Malekis. Uh, man, what a nice guy. Such a nice guy. I swear to God. Uh, you know what? Listening to that podcast just reminded me of how nice he is. Anthony, give me a call sometime, buddy. Email me. I don't know, something. Reach out to me, pal. Facebook. Let's chat. You and me, partner. Anybody? Uh, sorry. Anyway, uh, hey, on behalf of myself and the entire crew here at Yuck Yucks, Mr. Mark Breslin, executive producer Kira Williams, our webmaster Camille Argue, and of course, our uh, our resident acoustic phenom, yes, that's right, Mr. Lane Argue, the man who does all the acoustic jams up in the uh, front of the front of the podcast, lays it all down for me. Lane Argue, check him out. Hey, stay tuned. Lots of great episodes coming up, and just like that one, didn't I tell you? 
Anthony Malekas was the man. Yeah, yeah. More interviews like this coming up. Stick around. We will see you next week.